This podcast is about my decision to consciously work on being happy now. It's about focusing on making the life I have worth living rather than grieving the life I wish I had. My name's Denise Collins and I sincerely hope that you will benefit yourself from what I explore in this podcast. So how are you? How am I? Oh, I'm very good. I've had a really good few days. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. What made it a good few days? Because, and I don't think we've spoken about this on the podcast, but um, I have found a technique for managing my, um, when I wake up in the morning, I feel like shit. Um, I have found a, well, I know what it is now, number one. And number two, I found a way of, of managing it. And so I, I, it's made a big difference to me. Is that something you could share? I mean, I think we've talked kind of off recording about, um, you know, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And, um, and my, dis- I, you know, I, I, that book by Pete Walker I told you about. Mm-hmm. And he's, he talks about something called abandonment depression. Um, which I is have a look at that book um, yeah. and I think it's interesting it was interesting really because I had an intro I had an interesting response to it because it was almost like oh that's about childhood trauma so that's not that's nothing to do with me when I first read about it I was thinking oh no that can't possibly be me can't it took me a long time to accept and how our dreams can trigger it so that's why we can go to bed feeling fine and then wake up and you know I have very very vivid uh dreams very vivid dreams so now I know what it is I'm like oh oh okay and and he says it's like a message from your your younger self you know it's like how you felt when you were young when you felt abandoned or or whatever it was in your particular situation so um so now I know I'm like oh I know what this is and then I can you know I I do some inner child work and stuff um and 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 then I grieve it and I clear it because what happens if you don't do that you go into your default fight flight freeze form mm. um, and so you you know for me I'd be like thinking right what do I, I got I can't I would, I would be flight like yeah. flying into activity yeah. so no, I don't and uh, it's remarkable and so um I yeah I mean it's it's good I'm, I feel good. So is there a sense then, uh, is it connected at all with, if it's abandonment, depression, mm-hmm. if you don't do that inner child work or kind of think, yeah, I know what that's about, mm-hmm. but would that be sort of abandoning, again, the inner child? I think so. I think we abandon ourselves. You know, we learn. We learn to, we learn to do that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, and I think we do, we betray ourselves in the way that we felt betrayed as kids. And so I think, honestly, I think it's a life changer when when we can really grasp that. Mm. I've been doing this grief course. Yeah. I think I might have told you that, you know, one of the modules was about um, the loss of a child. Mm. And I it was a, it was a module that I wasn't particularly keen on doing Mm. um 
and, and felt that it, it, it wasn't, you know, didn't, didn't have much relevance to me. And yet the whole thing really made me think about my mother because she'd lost a son. Mm. Um, I think, you know, certainly in the final kind of trimester of, of pregnancy and would have given birth to him and everything. And, <clears throat> and in those days, mm. she, she didn't even see him. And, you know, I think that's... That's a huge trauma that clearly for her was never cleared or, you know, not even addressed, really. Yeah, I mean, whether it's something you can clear, I mean, it's always going to be... Yeah, that's probably not the right word. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and I was born into that. I was born into that sadness and I was born into that. And and it was it's years later, really, that I kind of thought... A, she taught me very early on that the world was a dangerous place. Yeah. yeah. Because she felt that. And B, I wonder on reflection, you know, and, and also that the world was quite a sad place. Mm -hmm. And I wonder whether on reflection, and this really is recent, you know, that's come to me, that, that any kind of milestone or whatever that I reached, whether there was that element of... Oh yeah the loss of the son yeah. that she so desperately wanted yeah um that's sad it is sad isn't it it's really sad and you know she, i think she spent a lot of her life feeling sad and scared yeah and did a very good job of keeping me safe mm. by telling me how scared the world was I wonder too, though, if maybe she wasn't quite as emotionally available or as emotionally attuned to you as she could have been. And that's a form of abandonment. I think when people think about childhood abuse, which mm -hmm. is what we're talking about, you know, they think about the worst kinds, but actually um, emotional abuse is really damaging, especially if you're kind of a sensitive mm -hmm. kind of child, you know? I loved her so much and and she didn't love I mean I can remember even as a little little girl I mean even as a little girl I can remember I can remember saying to her you do love me don't you oh bless you know and and she would say well of course I do mm. and I don't doubt mm. that she did but I do think there was an you know that she was unavailable yeah and um, you know, I, I I used to say when when I used to do my trainings and we talk about sort of you know childhood stuff that my mum could never tell me she loved me mm. if she would make a cake. <laughs> <laughs> so she would feed yeah. those she loved with yeah. indulgent things. She herself was always on a diet. Mm. She would feed, but it's yeah. So it is a kind of it's, it is, a, and and I think you know I I unfortunately think that was passed down, and I don't think I was as emotionally available to my children. Mm. And looking back on it, I just think wow, you know. But you know, I can remember my mum was terrified of lots of things. You know, she was, she didn't like birds because they flapped, and she didn't like mice, and she didn't you know. So she was frightened of lots of things, and I and I. A story that I, I do tell, and it is quite funny, although it's not really when you yeah. think about it, is I have a really vivid memory. I must have been about four, 
and my mum had spotted a mouse right in the room and she levitated I mean she <laughs> literally <laughs> levitated ending up on on a piece of furniture oh god and 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 leapt you know with real kind of you know, like someone from the Bolshoi ballet from one piece of furniture to the next screaming and I said mummy what about me and she's oh. Take care of yourself. Look after yourself. <laughs> and I think. I mean, it's not funny, but it is. It's so uh, funny. Yeah. It's so funny. But I think that's actually it was a very strong message that I got very early on. Look at you know the, the world's a scary place, and you have to look after yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I think I think abandon. You know this this idea of being abandoned. Yeah. I think you can look at it and, and, and think, no, 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 that's not me, because that mm -hmm. sounds just so harsh. And actually, you know, in the grand scheme of things, my childhood was was not a bad childhood. You know, we we I was never beaten. We had enough to eat. You know, we were stable. My parents stayed together. You know, all of those kind of things. But I think, like you're saying, they're the kind of emotional availability. Yeah. It's probably a bit patchy. Yeah. Yeah, so inconsistent, and that kind of brings about that that sort of almost um, an insecure attachment, you know, yes. because it's you know one day you'll do something and it will give bring a smile, and the next day it won't. Mm. One day it will be okay to do something, and the next day it, it definitely won't. Yeah, so if we go back to the sort of inner child, you know, I'm a great great uh, lover of inner child work. I've been doing it for uh, years and years and years. Um, because my main therapist was a transactional analysis TA therapist. Yeah. And um, it, you know, if you think about how we were, I mean, I was brought up very inconsistently for different reasons. And um, if you think about that experience, when you are very little, like you're talking about four years old, I mean, three, four, if you imagine, you know, your grandchildren at three or four having to experience the same thing, mm. you know, you, you kind of get a sense of, of what it must have been like, you know. Mm. Um, but we, so what happens is, is we don't learn how to parent ourselves. Do you, do you know what I mean? If you've had a good enough parent, then you grow up with a sense of what you're worth, what you deserve, yeah. how, how you deserve to be treated by other people, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. So if you haven't had it for yourself, then you, I mean, occasionally I suppose it's people are lucky and they might meet someone who's able to kind of do that for them. But that I, I'm very uncomfortable with that because. Yeah, I think, I think, I think like you say, kind of, if you don't get it. Yeah in those early years, that early mm. um, attachment, mm. you know, the whole kind of bulby thing and, you know, you've missed out on it. You do miss out on it. And so you have to learn how to do it for yourself. That, that's basically what, you know, where I got to. Um, and, and I think I'm pretty good, pretty good at it now. Mm. I'm pretty good at it now. Um, you know, I <clears throat> never say never, but, you know, I try like really really hard not to betray myself mm. Mm. It took me a long time to learn that but you know I don't I suppose this this podcast it, it, from my perspective this podcast is about looking at 
various things that can help mm. either to address unhappiness or to promote mm. you know, happiness well-being whatever. and and i think all of those things that that we've just talked about they kind of relate in a way to the idea of personality which is what i know we were gonna mm. talk about mm. i'm not in any way shape or form an expert on on this but i think it's an, an interesting an interesting idea you know how the relationship between our personality and our levels of happiness mm. and you know researchers say there is a relationship <laughs> between yeah, they do. and <laughs> happiness however does is a relationship the same as looking at is the relationship the same as cause is a relationship the same as predicting mm. is it you know are our personality traits set i came across this you know the big five personality types yes, yes. so openness conscientiousness extroversion agreeableness neuroticism um, yeah this idea that they're a continuum yeah each one each one you know has its kind of best example and it's it's least preferable example i suppose so if we look at conscientiousness you know on the good side good in inverted commas mm -hmm. is like you're disciplined and careful and, and all of that and at the other end you're kind of impulsive and disorganized you know yeah. that seems to be the the continuum mm -hmm. that you're you're talking about mm. and all of those five areas i would i mean it's not an area i know that much about but i would imagine that we're all somewhere on the continuum in all of those. So no one is kind of completely neurotic because there's no one is completely extrovert, you know, mm. uh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, like the, I, I like the idea of using the word sort of and rather than all. So, you know, people are good and they're bad. Mm. People are happy and they're unhappy. People mm. are nice and they're nasty yeah and i guess we wouldn't we wouldn't um, recognize one without the other even within one person yeah because it's all rel is it all relative i guess it's all relative isn't it mm. and like, see i'm i'm interested again because I, I found something let me have a look so i, I jotted it down because i kind of quite liked the idea of the relationship between your outlook so whether it's optimistic or pessimistic mm -hmm. positive or negative and your behavior mm. and then the experiences that you have so your outlook will have an influence on your behavior yeah and then your behavior will have an influence on the kind of experiences that you have and then your interpretation of those experiences um, feeds into kind of how happy you are it's the whole introvert extrovert thing that seems to be the key uh, from everything i've had you know read it's mm -hmm. all about the diff the main difference is whether you're an extrovert or an introvert 
Mm. And and I, you know, as an introvert, we're both introverts, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a very sociable introvert. A lot of people think I'm an extrovert, but I'm not. Because mm. um, I think people confuse, you know, I mean, extroversion is that you get your energy outside, introversion is that you get it from inside. And that's the kind of key difference. But a lot of people equate it to sociableness and shyness, which, which is yes, not. That's so true. That's so true. But I mean, it's it's more fashionable to be introverted these days because you've got Susan Kane and you know people like that doing doing things. But I we grew up in a time where actually, well, I don't think people necessarily knew about extrovert and introvert. All they no, all they were considered to be antisocial or too quiet. And go outside and play. That's what I was always being told. Just why don't you want? Why don't you go outside and play? <laughs> I want to read. Thank you. <laughs> um, but the the thing is, for us though, Western culture completely favours extroverted personalities, and I have a sneaky suspicion that a lot of people who do research are probably extroverts who do research on this no, that, that was a joke that was a joke um and so as introverts we 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 are disadvantaged in western culture you see whereas i used to live when i lived in nigeria i lived in uh, in the north which is very quiet and um and uh, a muslim predominantly muslim and so to be loud, especially as a, uh, in that culture, particularly as a woman, I'm not saying that's part of Islam, I'm just saying no, in no. that particular culture, um, was considered to be quite, uh, in quite bad taste. Mm. So, so my natural personality fitted in quite well, thank you. You found your place. I found my place. <laughs> um, but here in the UK, it's not the same, it's not the same. Um, so I think we do have to think about the, you know, the impact of culture on, on, on discussion personality as well. Mm, yeah, uh, from the reading that I did, definitely the extroversion thing came up and the neurotic, the, the neuroticism, the mm. neurotic, you know, this, this, you know, the, the stuff that I read around personality types and happiness mm. be those two things that were the biggest determinants yep. around happiness yeah um, whereas the others didn't seem to play you know they didn't seem to be much of a relationship but the but certainly the extroversion like you say whether you're introvert or extrovert or where you are on that continuum mm -hmm. and neuroticism so from neurotic you know from stable whatever that is to neurotic <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm. or calm and confident it says in, in the one i read calm and confident versus anxious and pessimistic <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i'm laughing because i can be both i think comes back to this nature nurture thing I think comes back to this well how is a personality formed mm. you know how do you become um, agreeable how do you become conscientious how do you become <laughs> neurotic or you know surely it's about experiences as much mm. as 
I don't know about as much as, yeah. I mean, I, I do know that from what I've read, the introverts and extroverts' brains are wired differently. Ooh. Definitely, I have read that. And that is why when we, when we um, need to re-energize, why introverts need to go inward and be quiet, mm. and extroverts need to go out and be around people and, you know, mm. there's something about the brain. So I think we are naturally born with a propensity one way or the other. And then our experiences will, mm. the way we're nurtured and our experiences will, will reinforce or not, um, I guess. Mm. It's a bit like the whole, you know, my, you know, you know, I quite like the Myers-Briggs stuff because mm -hmm. it doesn't just look at the introversion. So there's also the thinking and feeling. Now, I'm a feeler, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I can think, but I prefer to feel. Um, and I've been like that. I think I was probably born like that, you know. Mm. So I've managed to learn how to think, <laughs> but it's tougher perhaps for me than... So something you just said sort of triggered something in my mind because we're talking about happiness and how, how extroverts are all supposed to be so much happier than us introverts. Mm. But if your happiness depends on social activity and being with others. But I think it comes back to what, you're, what you said initially, which is about the recharging the batteries yeah. and getting the energy, isn't it? Mm. Where you get it from, yeah. I mean, something else I read, it, it said something about... So there was this big study done in, in Holland or Netherlands and um, that the, it said the key finding is that extroverts reported more happiness than introverts during what the researchers defined as effortful rewarding activities such as sports financially rewarding tasks but when it came to kind of low effort things like watching telly listening to music going shopping I hate shopping but you know um then there was no difference. So, so what were the one? What were the what were the first set? What was their the first set? set? Were what they called rewarding activities. I mean, so subjective, such as sports and exercise. I don't find them rewarding. Oh, sharp! Take a breath. I know. No, no. So they want more than we do. Oh. But do you know what, like, like you were saying about kind of, you know, if your happiness relies on other people, mm. that can be tricky. And if your level of happiness relies on desire for things, mm. that can be tricky as well, can't it? Because then it means that mm. just doing very little or having very little become problematic it could if you don't have the right kind of personality to to deal with it mm. Mm. um i read something about and again it was connected to, to personality you know these continuums of the big five personality that that it sounds as if it was very similar to, to what you're talking about there which was that you know happiness there's some sort of equation around energy concentration and engagement mm. now that would align i suppose with things like sport 
maybe, but the level, the particular level of energy, the level of concentration required, um, and engagement in an activity. But, but I suppose that would also, that could also relate to any flow activity, couldn't it? Where it could, and, and, and it's not, I mean, it's not, if we still think about the extreme, it's not that introverts don't like people, it's just we don't like loads of people all at the same time. Mm. So, mm. Um, so for example, I could sit, I could sit and chat to you for several hours and I probably wouldn't get tired, you know, because we have quite a lot of fun. Mm. But if I had to be with a group of people doing something fairly, I mean, sport for, <laughs> for several hours, I'd be like, let me go home. But how do you, so how does it work out for you? Because you do, you do group activities, don't you? So you're involved in a choir, you're involved in a, an orchestra. Um, yeah, they're, they're limited. I'm not in a choir anymore. I'm in an orchestra and a band. Mm. Uh, but it's very much um, activity focused. We go and look and we do what we do. We have a little chat, we have a laugh. But if there's a kind of, oh, shall we all go down the pub? No one ever says that, you know. But um, if, if they did, or if everybody wants to stand around talking afterwards, which some people do, I'm like, see you next week. <laughs> activity focused, yeah. So that would, yeah. So that's that's the concentration element, mm -hmm. isn't it? The active and the engagement maybe element there. Yeah. Yes. Be in a group of people providing there's a focus. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. I think so. I think so. It, that It's the kind of, and that doesn't mean to say I can't with, with a group of people mm. just have fun and do something fairly inane, you know, that's fine as long as it's fun. But I, it seems to me when I, when I you know, because I'm a, an observer of, of people and I often see people in groups just not even really seemingly having much fun, just sort of talking about, he said, she said, you know. <laughs> and I don't find that very interesting. Gather, big gatherings, so, say, you know, parties or family gatherings or whatever. Unless there is a focus, an activity. I don't know how people do that, really. You, you, you could only do it in small groups anyway, couldn't you? You know, you, could, you might have 100 people at, a, at an event, but you can only talk to a couple of people at a time, surely. Usually, yeah, usually. I mean, I think when you get above, then it's quite hard. Somebody will usually be listening rather than... Mm -hmm. it's the, but it's, it's, it's the quality of the, of the conversation, I guess, you know. But if, you, if actually what, what energises you is just being around people regardless of what's going on, then you'll, be, you'll get a buzz from being, you know, in a group of 100 people, even if you're only chatting to a couple because mm -hmm. it's like the energy that you know we're all connected so we all rub off each other's energy don't we and, and mm. whereas we might find that exhausting after about an hour mm. yeah well, I mean, that that yeah it drains us rather than feeds us and that's yeah. that's different i i was looking you know a bit because i was bearing in mind that it was about you know we are talking about 
making ourselves happier and so on. And I've got a whole list of things that um, are designed to help us feel happier in the world. Oh. Um, but a lot of, I mean, a lot of them are very, meditation's another one. Mm. You know, again, it's a very individual thing. Um, being altruistic, spending money on experiences rather than things. Mm. Um, laugh. You know, these things don't necessarily require other people. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. They really don't. Um, and then there's other things like the experience have thing. Let's go back to the experience. Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking about that because. I'm quite happy to go off and do things mm. completely on my own. Mm. The experience is enhanced yeah. if I'm sharing it with the right yeah. person. Yeah. It's got to be the right person, though. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. otherwise what I then feel is a responsibility for the other person's enjoyment of the mm. experience. Mm. What do you think about? a particular case in point you know spending money on experiences yeah. rather than things yeah what's your thoughts around whether it enhances mm. the experience that to have it with others or oh um well I'm not great at doing things by myself mm. and it's not to do with being introverted or anything like that it's just about how safe I feel in in the world you know, and sometimes I feel safer than others, in which case I'll, I can go and do stuff. But uh, for me, it has to be the right person or the right people, mm. absolutely has to. So something, so, you know, you've just done that zip wire thing, yeah. Mm. So, and I really do, I really want to do that. And I also know, you know, I've got my little group of friends around here, there are five of us. And I do find that doing an activity based thing with those particular people is really good fun because we kind of bounce off each other and you know it's usually time limited so it, you know so that's great it's a bonding it's a bonding thing, bonding thing. yeah um but I wouldn't for example enjoy um, maybe going to an art gallery with 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 all of us you know I'd rather do that with one person and I was telling, um, I was telling, oh, that was it, because I'm, I'm, I've got a social world going this week, an absolute, so for an introvert, it's a complete social world that's, that's happening this week, because I've got, I'm going kayaking for the first time wow. on Wednesday with, with a friend, wow. who's assured me that I'm going to be safe, because she got a certificate in it when she was in secondary school. She even <laughs> offered to go up in the loft and get it for me, get it to show me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing that on Wednesday. Then Friday, I'm doing the flotation tank. Saturday, I'm going to the pub with some of my neighbours. Ooh. Which, yeah, um, we're all introverted. And the only way we kind of get around that is to just get horribly drunk. Oh, I see. And, <laughs> and then we have lots to talk about. Um, but I was saying about the flotation tank, and Phoebe, I said, oh, I'm going with my friend. And, and Phoebe said exactly that. She said, well, yeah. You don't you can't do that with somebody it's hardly an activity you do with somebody is it <laughs> well I don't know if I don't know if I'm claustrophobic I guess I'm going to find out 
I'm going to find out. I think I'm more scared of being shut in a small space with my own thoughts. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was that. I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I've got a social world. I'm going, going for a, to a flotation. My daughter was like, well, that's not exactly sociable, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know what you're talking about because I I plan I probably told you before I plan my week every Sunday night I sit down and plan my week and I still have um, I can't do this thing on my phone I still have a week to view diary because I have to make sure that I I have whole swathes of time where I haven't got to talk to anyone and um, because if I don't I'm like I I just get very very stressed it's, it's no it's an exaggeration I don't get very very stressed I get I get drained drained yeah and if, so if I don't if I don't give myself that time I would get very very stressed yeah I have literally literally it arrived yesterday um bought a day per view a5 um dogs will go ballistic um a5 academic diary mm. so it will take me through to sort of yeah to do to start doing that yeah. because I, I I've realized that actually if I overstretch myself in terms of certain activities mm. same thing mm. I, I just get really drained yeah um and then don't really enjoy the thing so it is that I think planning it mm. is such a good idea it is it is it is planning planning the activities and planning the time that you're going to spend yeah um, and, and recovery time as well yeah and i you know it's 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 different i guess to what we're talking about but i i find now i mean as you know i was married for 32 years mm -hmm. we were together for 33 years and i think it's, it's the third anniversary of John's death on the 29th of October. Mm. And I, although I am introverted and although I am happy in my own company, I'm actually quite lonely. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's different. Yeah, that it's, is different. And, and I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking, it's not that I'm lonely for lots of people mm. i'm lonely for him mm. you know, I'm, I'm lonely for the relationship that we shared mm. because we could have you know we could have quiet time we mm. could have time not particularly doing very much mm. and i'm lonely for that i'm almost lonely for that not having to do anything in the company of him yeah 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 i get it yeah yeah it's it's it might sound weird but it kind of only occurred to me the other day right. you know and I, it was a sense of i feel i feel lonely and i thought there are people that i could speak to mm. there are you know people that i could say oh, do you want to meet up or whatever mm. and i'm you know eternally grateful mm. For the people in my life such as you mm -hmm. who would respond to that I know would respond to that mm -hmm. it was kind of makes a difference it's not about that it's not about that at all no I, I know what I mean I haven't had a, a, a long relationship like that but 
I know what you mean because so, like the other night I was watching I love Gogglebox right <laughs> and, um, oh now that yes seeing two people sit yes have those kind of conversations about nothing yep that are so bonding yep yeah and and there was one there was something that made me just laugh out loud and I just suddenly thought oh god I wish there was someone here that I could have shared that with you know yeah it's, I know it's, I do know what you mean it is exactly that isn't it um a friend of mine's actually um single and wanting to date or is is dating mm. and he's he's kind of he's he keeps kind of saying oh, i can't wait till i get to that point where i can just do nothing with somebody yeah and i guess it's that isn't yeah, it yeah it is it is and I, maybe that's even more more so for introverts i don't mm. know i don't know Yes, it's a, it's a funny one because, you know, we probably are, we probably do find it easier to be by ourselves. Um, but it's that, it's the quality, it's something about a quality of, of relationship, isn't it? It is, it's, it's, it's what you were saying earlier about, it's about who you share certain things with, mm -hmm. rather than having to have yeah or a group mm. or, or constant activity you know i've got a friend who's a, an extrovert and is also she has a part-time job but she's also um does therapy work and that and she kind of goes from one to another to another to another and i just i'd be exhausted i would be absolutely exhausted because it's i don't know whether we well we do process things differently perhaps we process it on a kind of deeper level or something i really don't know um we're slower maybe we process things slower. maybe we're slower i mean i am quite i do i am quite a slow processor i'll mm -hmm. that you know what i said earlier about the be i think i think it's like our our brain processing is like goes through lots of kind of loops and that whereas like an extrovert is all kind of direct i think that's probably how it how it goes. I love that as a visual metaphor, yeah. that kind of, you know, that the extrovert can, it's almost like from A to B to C yeah. to B. Yeah. And whereas the, the introvert is A to F to E to C yeah. to B, <laughs> A to W to Y. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was only trying to get from A to B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the introverts are in our culture are not given the kind of necessarily given the the kudos that they deserve because they're not out there shouting and and being forthright i mean if we just look i'm just thinking about um boris johnson came into mind and keir starmer now i'm guessing boris is an extrovert and keir starmer is an introvert and and who do we notice we notice boris because he's out there shouting his mouth off whereas Keir Starmer who probably says um quite thoughtful sensible things mm. is, to is told he has no personality so. yeah oh my word so yeah. people don't listen to what is being said they notice who is saying it you said about culture mm. earlier on and I think certainly 21st century UK culture is very fixated on 
appearances mm. and I don't just mean like visual appearances what people look like although you know with the kind of you know Instagram and stuff like that that there is a big emphasis on what people look like but mm. appearances in terms of who shouts the loudest and mm -hmm. it's not necessarily about substance no and I think it's, it always has been who shouts the loudest mm. in, in our I don't think I mean it's possibly more so now but mm. I don't know um, I think I, I absolutely think it's more so now I yeah. really do I think I think our attention spans are shorter yeah true and therefore it's almost like our attention needs to be grabbed mm. rather than um, nurtured. Mm. You know, people seem to, you know, there seems to be a bit of a, I mean, I, you know, I find my attention span shorter than it was. Yeah. I find in terms of reading stuff, I'm just thinking about the kind of information that comes at me through a screen. Mm. Even a couple of years ago, there would have been more written information, mm -hmm. and now there's more videos and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, you know, I think it's almost like our attention, if things don't grab our attention, mm -hmm. we don't develop our interest in something. Mm -hmm. and, and I do wonder if that is because of the way information is presented and the way entertainment's presented mm -hmm. and before the days of streaming yeah tv if there was something you liked watching you'd watch it once yeah. a week yeah 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 and yeah. now if i can't binge watch something right there's a tv series that i started watching nine perfect strangers don't oh i don't know about that one okay well it was it it the, i think the first three three episodes three or four episodes were available and you could stream them and you could watch them one after the yeah. other. And then they were releasing one a week. Right. And I watched, watched, I can't remember, it's three or four or, you know, whatever. And I watched them back to back and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is fantastic. Um, eagerly awaited the next week's, watched that. Then the next week it was like, I can't really remember what this was about. <laughs> I really <laughs> By the time the kind of next one came out, it was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah. So you know, <laughs> I think I think maybe the way we consume entertainment, maybe the way yeah. certainly, you know, just speaking for myself, you know, my my attention span is is shorter. Yeah, I think you are right. You know, it's like you've got, is it something like seven seconds to, if that, to grab someone's attention? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, what was the point in us doing that? Point of that? It's almost like the, the activity interrupted the conversation rather than... <laughs> rather than it enhancing yeah. the conversation. Yeah. I don't know, people are weird. But maybe that's just <laughs> and we're not at all of no, course not at all not a bit of it i tell you if you were absolutely I'm, me too i'll tell you i'll tell you material goods that are non-essential only buy short-term happiness we know that i think but yeah. you want towards experiences so you can build up your memory bank with positive images and increase your lifelong happiness as a result that's so that's so true because there's a sense that if you have a nice experience a good experience mm. 
and that gives you a good memory you mm. can then go back and enjoy mm. that memory yeah. of that experience again yeah. and it's it's interesting that actually it says spending money on non-essential things because actually it's, I quite like buying things that solve a problem uh-huh do you know what I mean like if there's something that I need so I've got dogs as yeah. anybody who ever talks to me on zoom or listens to this podcast will know and so having a really good broom <laughs> <laughs> oh you're very easily pleased oh I so am <laughs> I so am <laughs> I am so easily pleased. Mm. Very low maintenance, me. Yeah, yeah. Cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on personalities? Uh, what else should we say? Well, we all know that introverts are better. We know that. Of course. I didn't, have, I didn't even have to say that, really, did I? No, of course not. Not that we're, not that um, we're biased. No, of course. As are, as are, I think, neurotics. <laughs> I think stability is overrated. <laughs> no, you see, I, I really don't like that term neurotic. I don't like it because... I don't, I don't, because it's used as a, a... Especially against women, it's used as a, a criticism, isn't it? Mm. Oh, you're yeah, neurotic. you're being neurotic. Being neurotic. Um, Let's go. Okay, so here's something that I, I, I don't know who this is from, but... It gives you um, six points about extroverts. Okay. They smile more, apparently. They look at others more. Uh, whether this is a strategy that I've just developed, mm. or whether it's a trait, I don't know. But I find if I'm in um, a social situation that I'm finding difficult, Hmm. I'll ask questions. Ask questions, absolutely. That's my people will think you're an amazing conversationalist if you ask them lots of questions and get themselves talking, get them talking about themselves. I'm sure there was I'm sure there was a research study on hmm. on that, you know. It rings a bell. Hmm. I have to see if I can find it. But it was something along the lines of um it was obviously a psychological experiment, but it was it was something along the lines of these that these people were just asking questions, yeah. asking questions, asking. And then afterwards, yeah, they were rated they, about. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that they were so interesting. They were such an interesting it. person. That was it. But they didn't actually know anything about them. But no, it was were interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I remember in the early days the early days of um when I was running NLP courses mm -hmm. and um <laughs> a lot of the you know I'd, I'd I'd been trained by NLP trainers who were very extrovert and were very you know upbeat and, and high energy mm. and so you know as as often is the case when I began to run my courses I I modeled that yeah you know, I emulated that yeah. and I thought it was the only way that you could do it and I was doing, I remember we were doing some stuff on changing state which is you know there's this relationship there mm. between happiness and stuff and uh, we were doing all these high energy exercises and we were sort of leaping about and doing all these sort of brain uh brain gym things and all kind of things and then uh, we, we got to the end of the exercise and one of the participants went well, you know, when it comes to changing state, I think I'd rather have a cup of tea and a Kit Kat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
you know what? I, I didn't want to tell you, but actually, I'll you there. Yes. I'll so yeah, and I mean, if we're talking about you know how to how to be happy, I think it is very much about honouring our natural our natural state, you know, and not try to be an extrovert if you're not really, you know. So when you were talking about your week, I was thinking, oh, I like the idea of flotation. I like the idea of kayaking. Pub? No thanks. Because <laughs> You know, I suddenly imagined loads of people and, and but, but all the other stuff sounded great because, again, it's very activity focused, isn't it? I think that maybe there's something about that. I think there's, I think there's something, I think there is something about that because I think there is something about thinking about things that lift your mood. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and, and perhaps not to, not to, whether you're extra or introvert, not try to force yourself to do a particular thing just because everyone else enjoys it, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, and, and, and honouring ourselves and, and being true to ourselves. That's going to make us much happier. Something that's just occurred to me mm -hmm. there as you were talking, I do wonder whether whether extroverts people or people that are more at the, the extrovert end of the continuum would be more likely to try things that were out of their comfort zone. I think you might have something there. Mm. I think because that did kind of go through my mind too, because there's a balance to be had between being true to yourself and 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 being keeping yourself too safe in a way. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I think um again sort of relating it to me trying mm. some different things. Mm. Um, that are a bit out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. my default mode I think as an introvert is yeah. to say no to things yeah because even thinking about even thinking about it now mm. I if I'm going to do something new with mm. someone else I'm thinking about how yeah, I I am actually thinking about how safe I am with that mm, person. Mm, mm. Not not that I'm expecting them to look after me. No, but there's a. Do you know I was listening? Uh, I was listening to a conversation yesterday between, between Stephen Porges, who I know you mentioned yeah. before, yeah. and a woman called Deb something. They mm. were just having this conversation about how our nervous systems yeah. recognize unconsciously someone else's nervous system and how safe they are but it occurred to me again only quite recently mm -hmm. that losing john in the way that i did mm -hmm. i was dealing with the grief i knew mm -hmm. i was dealing with the grief and everybody knew i was dealing with the grief mm -hmm. but what hadn't occurred to me was that i was also dealing with trauma because it was a traumatic yeah. event it was yeah. you know, an event that we didn't see coming that was overwhelming etc etc and so I've got, I'm getting increasingly interested in the kind of self healing that I'm doing that isn't just cognitive and it isn't yeah. just talking therapies, but it is more yeah. semantic. Yeah, semantic, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because what, what they were saying in, in the thing is that, is that with some people, you can feel co, you know, you co-regulate. So you and I, when we talk, I never, I never worry about my safety with you. You know, no, we co-regulate co uh, just kind of naturally. Mm. 
but you know there are other people that you can be having a conversation with and you suddenly think oh I don't feel quite so safe here but you can't you can't put your finger on it you can't say they've not done anything but you just feel it that's so true and that's that that for me I often describe it as walking on eggshells yeah 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 it's a gut yeah feeling yeah that I might say something or do something mm. that is approved of, you know, as an adult, as a grown up, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to turn around and go, I don't like what you said, mm. you know. But there's, oh, mm. so I've got to be really careful here. Mm. And, and that is, yeah, I guess that's what John and I did. Yeah. You know, I think we were both flawed and damaged in our own ways as most human beings are mm -hmm. but that co-regulation absolutely there was a complete feeling of safety I, I in the book actually I tell I tell the story of um we were on this holiday <laughs> and we decided to do this tandem there's actually photographs of us because they they did a film of it we got photographs and I felt absolutely completely safe mm. because we were doing it together. Mm. Looking back on it, <laughs> it probably, probably wasn't the safest thing. It was all, it was all very haphazard and very, you know. And, and I remember so clearly that when, when it was finished, mm. um, <laughs> I said, oh my God, that was wonderful. That was just brilliant. And I loved it. And it was so fabulous doing it with you. And he went, it was all right for you. He said, you were at the front having a lovely time. He said, I was at the back trying to remember the instructions. <laughs> which strings I was supposed to be oh and there's this photograph of us and that's exactly what it looks like I'm hanging at the front having a lovely time and he's looking up at all these strings <laughs> yeah that sense of co-regulated yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how co-regulated we were he was yeah but uh, but and 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 what happened when John died was your sister became very dysregulated you know and it's taken you a long time I think to mm. to get that a better sense of regulation you know and and all of us were going to get knocked out of for it for different reasons different reasons but the healing comes I gather from from that from kind of co-regulated relationships Absolutely. And also, I think what you were saying about, and you described it as in a, in a child work, but I think there's also that, that, that self soothing or that yep. self um, compassion, you know, whatever way you want to kind of yep. describe it, so many different ways of describing it. But, and, and I think it really has only been in the last couple of months that, mm -hmm. that that's the, the, the kind of the, the, impact of trauma mm. has really kind of made sense in my mind mm. and and until you until you kind of know something you can't do anything about it can no you? it's that's right I think once you've got awareness mm. and I think you know what's important keeps you know we have this we have these inner voices don't we we have these inner voices and they can be positive or they can be they can be re-traumatizing they can be really horrible I mean I was sitting with a friend the other day whose dad died about three weeks ago she was telling me how pathetic she was for for not being able to uh, accept that her dad's died and I'm like 
you know, and I've kind of got this rule in a way that, that if I, if, if, and I, I don't speak horribly to myself very often now, to be fair, mm -hmm. but if I catch myself, I'm thinking if I wouldn't say that to my friend, yeah, I have no business saying it to myself. And yet mm -hmm. in our society, you know, it seems to be so accepted that we, we berate ourselves and we, you know, are horrible to ourselves and it's not the way forward. No. If you want to be happy, that's not the way forward. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's you know, that is such a that's such a there's such a strong link, I mm. think, between the way that we talk to ourselves and treat ourselves and think about ourselves and our satisfaction mm. with life, our happiness, mm. and so much so. Mm. It's been lovely. Interesting. Really interesting. Really interesting. Go but, on. Yeah. It's been lovely talking to you. Well, hopefully, you know, we've been talking for over an hour and a half, so hope. Uh, 